Hello, everybody. Uh, I don't know what the date is, which I was about to announce, but I do know we're on episode eight, whatever the date may be for you. Um, we're going to talk with Charlene. This is, uh, I guess I could back up and say, welcome to Everything's Relative. This is a podcast where I am your host, Eve Sturgis, and I'm talking to people about DNA discoveries and the way that modern DNA testing is kind of turning their lives uh, upside down or inside out uh, when there's a surprise involved. So welcome. Um, getting to Charlene was, uh, it was fun. It was a really fun day. So for a while, when I first started doing the podcast, I was feeling really nervous about using like phone or computer programs to do remote interviews or conversations. So I was only talking with LA people here in Los Angeles and um, kind of scheduling stuff using Facebook and using email and, you know, whatever. Um, you don't care about how I was scheduling. But um, at some point using Facebook, a bunch of people, all from Orange County, were um, started responding and saying like, hey, don't forget about Orange County and what about us in the OC? So I made it my mission to schedule a whole day of interviews back to back. And I drove um, from house to house to see what was going on in Orange County in the NPE world. It's not much different than it is anywhere else. Um, just more beach. But uh, so Charlene is one of those meetings. She was lovely. Her story was interesting. Um, I'm so pleased we got to spend some time together. Uh, and there is one funny coincidence that I'll mention on the other side once we've listened to to our talk. Um, but until then, just enjoy my chat with Charlene. This is Everything's Relative, episode eight, and I am Eve Sturgis. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so we're going to start it. Um, just double checking to make sure everything's on. Great. I'm here with Charlene and her dog, Penny. There's a beautiful swimming pool. It's a foggy day. It's my last interview of the day. She's going to tell me her story. Do you have a plan of how you do you always tell the story the same way? Um, yeah, I think I, I kind of do. So, so my NPE story started with not me doing my DNA, but family members. Mm -hmm. So it started with my daughter and my niece. And they decided to do DNA. My, my daughter is all into ancestry. And, Your daughter um, is? Yeah. Okay. And then my sister's daughter, you know, did her DNA. And she came back, you know, half Italian, and, which I thought I was all my life. Um, and, and so, well, actually, she was half of something. And then there was Italian and Portuguese in her, which I thought I was half Italian, half Portuguese. My daughter does hers. And she comes back and says, Mom, why is there no Italian in my DNA? And I'm like, I don't know. How accurate are these things? <laughs> That's right? what everybody says. It's like yeah. brand new. You know, everybody's right. just starting to do this. Parties anyway. And yeah. she's like, I oh, don't know. This is really weird. So my daughter is really kind of getting into this. She's learning about all these numbers and how everything connects. But she's still a little confused. She talks me into getting my mom's DNA done. But she says she can't spit in a tube, so do this one where there's a swab. So it's a different, a different um, DNA thing mm -hmm. that we did for her mm -hmm. that was not hers. 
we hers was originally 23 and me can i talk about yeah that? yeah okay. you can say them all i guess whereas i did my mom's on family tree dna mm-hmm. so i did my mom's and you know she comes back you know all this portuguese like almost all portuguese and and that was all right um and then my daughter is smart enough where she literally uploads her 23 and me data onto this family tree one. okay so she knows how to work this she knows this interconnected system she's good that's getting created she's okay. good so she comes back and says, gee, you know, mom, there's this Portuguese lady. Now, my original Portuguese family came from Madeira Islands through Hawaii. And then my grandmother was born in Hawaii, but then most of them immigrated to California. Okay. California, um, you know, Santa Clara area. And she said, this lady has the same history, but she's not related to grandma. Okay. And I'm like, well, I don't know how that can be. Because grandma's the only Portuguese in this family that, you know, we have. She says, well, it's, she's, she's related to me, but she's not related to grandma. And I'm like, well, that's weird. How accurate that's is totally this weird. stuff? <laughs> like, I'm already confused. I yes. mean, I'm following, but you can, yeah. yeah, it just gets confusing I'm like, well, really how, fast. How accurate is this stuff? So in the meantime, my brother up in Oregon um, does his DNA for, for medical reasons. He, he wants to know, you know, some medical things. And then he does 23 and Me. He connects with my daughter, and he connects with my niece. He should be related to them identically, but he's not. And he says, why am I half as related, he tells me this, mm-hmm. to your daughter as I am to our sister's daughter? Right. Like, it's 24% to my niece and 12%. And, and you haven't even done the test I yet. haven't done my test. In fact... It's, it shows him as a, as a cousin, not an uncle, to my daughter. Oh. And okay. in the meantime, my son does his DNA, and it's the same story with him. So these two niece, niece and nephew are not as much related to him. So my daughter calls me, and she says, Mom, something's wrong, and I think it's you. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And she told me this, and she goes, Grandma's got a lot of splaining to do. Right. And I said, well, now that you mention it, I think I'm the only child my mother ever told these stories to. But she always said, you were meant to be me. Oh. She said, because your dad and I were separated. She had my two brothers, and they were separated. And she said, I got pregnant with you, and that's why I went back to your dad. And 11 years later, they had my sister. Okay. Right? Who is the one with the daughter? The cousin that's matching. Did the DNA, yeah. So I'm like, well, now that makes me wonder, because she also told me about this really tall, dark, handsome guy she dated that was like, (laughs) woo. Uh-huh. And, but she never told me anything else, and I never even questioned it. Right. What I used to question, and always did all my life, is why I look nothing like my dad at all. All. And your other siblings do? All of them do. Huh. Okay. And my sister, you know, all of our lives, people say, wow, that's your sister. You don't look at all like her. Well, the answer to that was, well, she looks like my dad and I look like my mom. Right. Which I do. Mm-hmm. And that, she does. That happens. It happens. Totally. But what I didn't know was that this man who is now, I know, is my dad, my mm-hmm. DNA dad, is also 100% Portuguese, came from the same island, immigrated through Hawaii, 
his family and my family were close. Like oh. literally my great uncle is somewhat related to them. So it goes back to Madeira. So there's a lot of features that are mm -hmm. similar, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's it's the same, you know, Portuguese family and you know, different family but very much similar looks. Well, I didn't know this, right? right? When she told me this, I'm like, well, this can't be, but maybe it is. So she's like, get your DNA done now. All right. Right now, right now. <laughs> she gave me my phone. On, she Mom. says, order it online right now. So I get it, order it, get it. And she's calling me every day. Did you get it back? Did you get it back? Did you get it back? I said, look, here's my thing. You log on. You check it out. Comes and how back. were you feeling at that point? Um, I was feeling a little like it was kind of funny, like, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe not. I mean, mm -hmm. I really wasn't making the connection in my head that this could be real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that or make sense? That, yeah. Or what real would feel like. Yeah. And my sister is laughing. Mm -hmm. She's like, Oh my God, you are somebody else. You have a different father. This is so cool. And I'm like, I don't think this is cool. This is weird to me. And she's laughing, cracking up. Well, the results come back. My brother's my half brother. Mm -hmm. And my niece is like a cousin to me. Right. Like a distant niece. Yeah, exactly. My kids are obviously my kids. And then she uploads my stuff onto the family tree DNA. And the same thing happens. This woman is related to her and I and not my mother. And my daughter says, Mom, she's our connection. Yeah. She is the missing link. So how did I feel yeah. when I found this out? I was devastated. Yeah. I mean, you have been through that, right? It's like, I felt like I lost half of my identity in a day. Yeah. It's, it's a, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I just, I don't, I don't really have the words. I keep saying we don't have the words, like it, but. Yeah, and, and people always say, well, it doesn't matter. Your dad was your dad. My dad was no longer alive at the time. And what, what does it matter? You know, your family's your family. Yes and no. Right. It's like having the rug pulled out for me. Totally. It's a rug pulling out or a, yeah, half your, half your understanding of who you are just. Is poof, gone. Poof. Vanished. Yeah. And. And not just vanished, but almost like a lie. Mm -hmm. Like, who knew? Somebody must have known. How could this be? And why am I 63 years old finding this out now? What have I missed? And now it all started to make sense about the looks. Right. And I used to literally go back to grandparents and see my dad's parents and my mom's parents. I would see me in that. I couldn't find me in my dad's family Anywhere, ever, ever. Hmm. Cousins, nothing. So now I'm kind of devastated. And when people yeah. say that to you, well, what does it matter? That's almost hurtful. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So, but now I, I'm thinking, okay, I need to find out where I come from. And so my daughter, the sleuth, starts Facebook stalking and Instagram stalking people. Starting with this lady. Right. Starting. Okay. And, and in the meantime, I go on a trip. I'm, I'm up in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I'm on and a you trip. haven't said anything to your mom? Not yet. Um, no, not yet. I haven't said anything to anybody mm -hmm. except my siblings and the family that knows that we're looking into this. 
So uh, Sarah is doing all this sleuthing. In the meantime, I'm up in northern or up in Seattle. I get an email from Family Tree DNA from this woman. Aha! So she she, she was also says, making connections. She made the. She said to me, "You just popped up on our DNA, and you. I am more related to you than anybody I've ever found. Uh-huh. How can this be? And who are you? Right." explain yourself, explain yourself. Well, my daughter had done a lot of research. She is one of five kids and three brothers and, and one sister. And so my daughter's doing all this research on those kids, those, those sons and her father. Cause she didn't know. She was like, well, we don't know which one this is, but it's one of these men in this family. Mm-hmm. And through process of elimination, one of them was deployed at the time. The other one was way too young. And process of elimination, we came out to this one brother named um, Gilbert, the brother Gilbert. So I, I emailed her right back and I said, well, we think that your brother Gilbert is, um, and my mom had met in 1953. And I am the product of that meeting. And she emailed me back and she was so excited. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. She was like, this is so exciting. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't even believe this. We need to confirm this, right, in different ways, which we did. Yeah. So it turns out he's no longer alive. Gilbert. Right. He died, um, I think he was in his mid to late 50s. Okay. Um, all, everybody else is alive. He had three kids later after me, um, two girls and a boy. And the one boy, the son, had done his DNA on, I think it was 23andMe. Or it might have been Ancestry. I'm not sure which one it was, but he had it private. Oh, okay. So she contacted him and said, can we see if Un-private this is... Unprivate that. Yeah. Can we just connect with us and see if this is a match? Came back. He's a half-brother. So now we know who it is. Right. It's definitely Gilbert. Definitely Gilbert. And... She starts sending me photos, and I was floored. I was amazed yeah. at the family resemblance. Is like almost scary. Like you finally, I finally that, yeah. made that. I found the missing link, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, I felt almost immediately like I belonged. Hmm. It also helped that she was so so warm, warm and accepting, and I was very lucky with that. You know, because it. I can choose to have my glass half empty, but I feel like it's half full. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, I think that makes such a difference for yeah. people. Um, I, I, I met her um, last year. So she is an aunt. An She's aunt. my full aunt. Okay. Yes, full-blooded aunt. Um, and, and she was just thrilled. She was like thrilled, and she told my siblings, new siblings, mm-hmm. about me, and they were thrilled Wow. And the reason why is they said they feel like it's a little gift from their dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Even though he's gone, um, that, that they had more, that there was a surprise that mm-hmm. they were kind of excited about. Wow. That is a really, really lovely perspective. Yeah. And, and what's funny is my grands, my oldest grandson is 18, almost 18. And we showed him a picture of Gilbert when he was about that age. And he said, is that me? 
Mm-hmm. The resemblance is amazing. It's almost scary. Wow. So, you know, now I know. I mean, I really, I know. I feel, I feel like I've gained so much because, yes, the dad who raised me, I adored. Mm-hmm. And I always will. But now I have all this new family that I just met. I feel like I just met all this new family. Like they've always been there. Like when I found family in Hawaii that I never knew Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden we're a family. I feel that way. You feel it. You feel a connection. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you where they're all located. They're all located up in Northern California. Okay. um, Near where I was born and raised um, and where my mom had lived Mm -hmm. at the time, my mom and dad. And, um, I recently went there. I kind of took my time with this, mm-hmm. you know, communicating back and forth, getting friends on Facebook and Instagram and, and, and all that. And, you know, kind of got to follow these people, get to know them a little bit. And then I, I contacted uh, my Aunt Donna, and I said, I'm going to come for a visit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we did. And she had family members there. We met at her house once, and there were family cousins galore. One of the cousins says, I'm so glad I'm not the oldest one now. You are. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for They're that. Like, that is a gift. Yes. You're welcome, everybody. And, uh, and then we went to a restaurant and more family members showed up the wow. next day. Wow, so really huge family. It's a huge family. And I haven't even met them all. I, I have not met my, my DNA brother. I met a sister, a half-sister. My half-brother lives in Manhattan Beach. Oh, so Close. Close. So I need to arrange a time to go and meet him. And when did all of this go down? When did you find all this? Uh, about a year ago. Okay. Yeah. Year, year and a half, maybe. And since then, we've grown closer. In fact, I just, I just emailed my aunt today because we're going back up there. Um, we're going to take my mom's ashes and mm, we're putting her mm-hmm. with the family plot, you know, with everybody um, there. But we're going to go back up there. So I want to see her again. And she's like... I feel like I've known you all my life. Oh, wow. And it's the sweetest thing. Yeah, that must feel so special. Yeah, yeah. It's a little, my sister wants, to, my, my older, you know, my sister that I've always known mm-hmm. wants to meet her. She says, I feel like it's part of my family too. But not everybody in my family feels that way. That was, that was my next question. <laughs> yeah. How's it going for, yeah. Um, some, some family is a little intimidated by it. Um, I don't know why. I, I think feeling replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, replaced or left out, kind of. No, they shouldn't be left out. They're, they're included in everything. Um, I think feeling like they have to share me mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. when they never did before. And that's a hard thing for me. That's been my, probably my most difficult thing to deal with is to... Um, make them feel that nothing's changed. Right. Right? My love for them has never changed. You know, you're always going to be that special person to me. In fact, you've been there all my life, so that makes you even more special. But I need also this in my life. This is my family. And it's... Yeah, and you can hold both. You can do both. I should be able to. You know, I don't want to make people mad over here, but... You get, they have to understand that they have both halves of their family. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. I need both mm-hmm. halves of mine. It's my story. It's really yeah. 
It's my story. I have a good story. I'm sure there's a lot more controversy that other people are dealing with because I've read some of these things mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. on the NPE. But um, yeah, it it was it was devastating. It was I felt like I felt like an orphan at first, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I got a little bit angry because I felt like what am I going to do if this family doesn't accept me? I don't know. Right. Where does that leave you? Before I actually got in contact with them. And then I said, well, I have a right to know my history. I have a right to know my medical history, which also is an issue. My, my DNA sister has informed me of some things I need to know about now, Oh, which is great. It's, it's really good to Mm -hmm. know this. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I feel kind of scary. It is scary. It feels a little scary to me. Just you, t- <laughs> you talking about it. Like, ooh. It is scary yeah. because all my life, you know, it's like you, you go to the doctor and you say, no, 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 no mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on those lists. And all of a sudden I have to go. Yes. Yes. In fact, I have an appointment with a gene, gen, genetic counseling. Sure. Um, because of something that has come up in my DNA that is also in my sister's DNA. Oh, wow. That could be very serious, but. I don't have the condition, mm-hmm. neither does she, but it's something that needs to be always watched for. Right. If you're carrying it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, but that's good that I know that I actually have the ability now to know this. Um, and I wondered, I wonder how this happened because my aunt tells me that her brother, his downfall was he was extremely handsome. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask if he was as handsome as your mom described. And women went after him all mm-hmm. the time. I mean, mm-hmm. he was very good looking. It's a he quality was, problem. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was younger than her. And here she was, you know, a separated woman with two kids. Um, and I think she found herself at a crossroads. You know, she hasn't told me the story, but I've kind of put it together and I'll tell you why. I think she found herself at a crossroads um, in life where she she was having trouble with my dad. You know, they had mm-hmm. been married a few years. They had these two boys. And she always said, as we were growing up, you know, never nobody should ever have a stepfather because um, she didn't like her stepfather. Oh, okay. So I think she was thinking, I don't want these boys to have a stepfather. Mm-hmm. And my dad was older. Mm-hmm. He was more stable. He had a job. You know, he had the ability to take care of us. So I think she made the best choice. Yeah. But I think she knew. It made the most sense. And I think she knew. I think she knew. And and I'm pretty sure he did. Hmm. Pretty sure he did. Now that I know what I know. So my oldest brothers are four and five years older than me. And my very oldest brother obviously was five years old. He remembers a lot. So that's a lot. Yeah, that's old enough to remember what's going on. He remembers a lot. He remembers the times when they were with the grandparents and mom was out. Um, he remembers was a lot. Was your mom of those. young? Probably. She was young. Mm-hmm. She was uh, 24. Mm-hmm. He would have been 22. Mm-hmm. So they were young. And my, my dad was like 27. So he was the older guy, the dad that raised me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Um, he, many, many years later, this was not too long before he passed, but he spent some time with my oldest brother and he told him, Oh, he okay. said, you know, Charlene isn't my daughter. And my brother said, 
oh, dad, don't be crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why he goes, no, she's, she's not my daughter. He thought maybe, you know, he was right. kind of losing his marbles a right. little bit. But um, no, he knew. Did your brother tell you that at the time when that happened? Not when he... it happened. I told you later after when this, all came up. this happened. <laughs> he was like, "Ooh, that reminds me." And, then, and I think that, I think that my dad was protecting me in his mm-hmm. own way. Mm-hmm. He didn't ever tell me. Um, he, I know, things were a little different in my life when my sister was born. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was different is my relationship with my dad. Hmm. And he obviously, you know, a little cute little girl. I mean, he's got this nice little cute daughter, which is normal. And my mom would always tell me that. Well, you're just the older daughter. It's okay. You know, you're feeling a little left out. But, right, the baby of the family. But I never felt that way with my mom, mm-hmm. but I did with my you dad. the shift, huh? There was a bit of a shift away from our closeness because we were close. He loved me. He adored mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But there was a change when she was born. Mm-hmm. And I think because he knew this one's mine. Yeah. Yeah. And he knew that I wasn't. And as much as he probably never admitted to himself that there was a difference, it was a little thing that I sensed. Some kind of primal, primal connection that maybe couldn't be vocalized. I didn't understand it. Well, of course not. You know, I'm a kid. In fact, I was kind of devastated by it for a while till I got Mm -hmm. to be an adult. And then, you know, we got close again and, and everything was okay, but he never told me. And I love him more for that. I, yeah, yeah, I know. really understand that. Because I think he was protecting me. I think they did what they thought was best. And I'm not angry at my mom. I'm a little disappointed because her and I were extremely close. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in her final days, I'm more or less her caregiver, you know, and all this going on. I wish that as an adult, when she was telling me those stories, that she would have told me, Mm -hmm. you know, she had an opportunity and she chickened out (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's Mm -hmm. my mom. That's Mm -hmm. my typical, Mm -hmm. my mom, you know, I don't want to go there. Right. And this was 1953, 53. And and imagine 1953. Yeah. Small town, little Portuguese community. Mm -hmm. Whoa, that would have been, that would have been a big deal, a big deal. A big deal. That's yeah. not something you admit to anybody. Mm-mm. So I, you know, I have a a cousin um, who's my age, and and it was my mother's brother's wife is still living. And I asked my cousin, "Ask your mom about this," you know. Mm-hmm. And she said, "You know, we didn't talk about those things then." Um, but she didn't say that they didn't know anything. Right. Yeah. No, I'm picking up on the subtext for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. there may have been something that everybody was And I thinking. have a great uncle who's my mom's age, who's just sharp as a tack. And I asked him. And what the crazy thing is, he went to school with this guy. Oh, he knows him. He, he knows him. him. He knows my aunt. He knows the whole family. And he worked with my aunt's husband. And he said, wow, he was a really great guy. He said, I, I remember when your mom and dad were separated, but he said, I was also deployed at the time. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't, he wasn't actually physically there. Mm-hmm. Men notice different things maybe too. Yeah. Um, how long were they separated, your parents, uh, your mom and dad? I wish I knew. Hmm. I, I wish I knew. I would love to find out from somebody, sit down with my aunt, my cousin's mother, um, my dad's sister is still living, and uh, she was 
my mom's best friend since junior high school. Oh, oh okay. Does it... I'm thinking she knows more, but I have not. That Italian side of my family was always very distant. Oh. And we actually got her contact information and spoke with her back when my dad passed away. We're trying to get hold of her right now because, you know, we want to let her know about my mom, but we can't seem to get hold of her. But I would really like to ask her, you know, what do you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, yeah, there's like a whole world of, there's like a whole life that our parents lived with their friends and their siblings and as as young adults that we just don't even think about. And I wish that I would have known earlier when my mom was more lucid. You know, we're talking just a few years would have made a huge difference difference. because I would have asked her all these questions. Come on, mom, tell me, just tell me, you know, how did you meet? How did it happen? You know, I know it wasn't a one night stand. I know that. I know there was a relationship going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that she ended it when she found out about me and she went back to my dad. And that's probably the best I can come up with. Mm-hmm. Right. And you'll never, yeah. I don't know timing. I know she was living in my grandmother's, well, they had like a basement apartment. She was living there at the time, next door to my grandmother's house. Um, and I was born when, I was li- my, when they were living there. So my dad must have moved back in there. But I have nobody to ask. Yeah. So... You seem kind of at peace with that, though. Some, for some people, that's really, really, it's really agony to not be able to know for sure. Yeah. I guess what I know for sure is that I have an incredibly large new family that has really accepted me mm-hmm. Yeah, that in would ways that I really can't even be more thankful for. And what I don't know are details that I really don't. I guess I don't need to know. I would love to know. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know? that's an important difference to know, to understand about yourself, though, the difference between wanting to know and needing to know. That's true. Or curiosity. That's true. It, it doesn't define me either mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, what defines me now is that I'm kind of special. Right. Well, that when I said that your other siblings could feel left out, it's almost, that's what I was thinking about, that like all of a sudden... It was a little bit funny that you might have a different dad, but it's not so funny that you get this like twice as big family and this really cool story. Yeah, I do. I do have a cool story. Um, my, the issues, my, my siblings are really cool with this. They mm-hmm. really are. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. I, I imagined um, that they were, but uh, I. But, but yes, feeling a little bit left out. And my sister, she's just, she's so funny about it because every time we talk or something comes up, you know, we talk about, well, who had, uh, especially lately, you know, with my mom just passing, we're going over all old stories. And we're talking about, well, what was your nickname? And what did you, who called you what? And, you know, I said, well, my mom always called me Charlena. And my sister goes, I never had a nickname. And I said, well, you know, your name is so pretty. Your name is Domenica, mm-hmm. which is my grandmother, Italian grandmother's name. Good thing I didn't get named that name. Right. But, and she always says, gosh, this is no fair. You had, you had nicknames and now you get a whole new family totally. too. <laughs> Totally. I was saying earlier to somebody that like someone, they, you know, they, everyone always asks like, did you feel different as a kid? No, but I thought that the idea that I could be adopted was really cool. Yeah. That's, it just seemed really cool. That's in, like, true. Second grade. Yeah. But that's second grade. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a twin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That too. Twins. You know, I mean, we have Twins all these cool. kids who were adopted were cool. 
every families that all looked exactly alike. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Or or just really different than ours. Yeah, I I I would have liked to feel like I fit in physically. Obviously, I fit in. You know, my my siblings and I all you know we love each other and mm-hmm. we're a, we're a pretty close family, but. I would have liked to look like them, you know? Mm-hmm. Is that funny? Is that odd? I, I don't think so, because I, I, almost everybody I talk to has that same desire. It has something to do with belonging. I think so. And, and I felt like I belonged, but I felt like something was missing. You know, they all start talking about this and about that look and about that look. Yeah, I look like mom. I look like mom. I look like mom. Why don't I look like anybody else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I find this huge family that I look like, and my kids, my daughter, a lot, the one who's the sleuth, mm-hmm. looks a lot, and her kids. And it's so easy to embrace that when you have that. Yeah, I wonder if that really, like, I wonder if it just touches on how people look. I don't know. I, I like, I, 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 there's some kind of theory forming, but I'm, I don't know how the words for it, but like, we're supposed to look more like our families. You know, I think that we not are... not families. I don't know. I think that we are naturally drawn to familiarity. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're when a baby, a baby sees their mother's face all the time. And that familiar face, when they're in a room and they can't see mom, they cry. They're looking for that familiarity. And I think as they grow up, it's like a tribal thing. You know, we... we kind of tend to go toward familiar faces. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I've always thought this sounds silly, but, you know, most babies are just adorable when they're born. Some babies, like, you know, that Seinfeld uh, episode, (laughs) right? (laughs) But the parents don't see it. Right, totally. Right? Because every day when they look in the mirror, that's what they see. Yeah. And the familiar face of this baby is... They can't help but love mm-hmm. it. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, right? It mm-hmm. just doesn't matter. So I think that that whole familiar face thing is kind of a big tribal human thing mm-hmm. that Something we do. Something that runs really deep. For sure. Yeah, For sure. what you want. Yeah. That's why probably, you know, when people immigrate, you notice that they, of course, the language is one thing, but they all end up in like the same place. Mm-hmm. But they like to be together, you know, like, communities yeah and we had this portuguese community up up there in santa clara we had the italian side too which is how my mother met my dad because my mother her best friend was my aunt and so she would go over there to eat the yummy italian Mm -hmm. food and my dad came walking in one day she's like who's that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what's funny is there are similarities in, in the type Sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Guy. Like, that seems you know, to be such a common... She loved curly hair. Oh, my gosh. And I have this wild hair that is, has to be straight. Mm-hmm. And so she always said, well, you got your curly hair from your dad. But now I know where now I, I know. got it. It's a different dad. Yeah. <laughs> different dad with curly hair. That was the only thing I could lay claim to is that at least I don't have my mom's hair. I got this curly mm-hmm. hair. I got this great curly hair. Yeah. Um, so you wished... So you do wish that your mom could have told you. Yeah, I do. I, I, I have a regret there. I have a regret. My aunt tells me, I really wish that Gilbert would have known about you. He would have adored you. Mm. 
Oh, that's hard. He, you know, and she says, I know he never knew because she was always at his side when he was dying. He had cancer. And she said he would have told her, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Deathbed kind of a thing. Um, And everybody talks so much about him. You know, even my uncle said he was a great guy. I wish I'd have met him. Yeah, that sounds, when you said that earlier, that your, your uncle said he was a great guy. I thought, yeah, oh. I, I, wish I, I wish I'd have met him. I wish he would have, he would not have missed out. When he passed away, he didn't know he had grandchildren already. Mm-hmm. And at the time, his kids had not had kids yet. Mm-hmm. He would have been so blessed by that. Then the flip side is that my life would have been very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if I'd found out young. Yeah. And a lot of things would have changed. So I can't regret the way my life panned out. I'm happy with my life. I still would have liked to find out as an adult. Yeah. Just to go back and step in time and say, hey, did you know this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me about it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't because it was already too late. Mm-hmm. That happens to so many people. So I'm many sure. people. But... That doesn't make it less painful of an experience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's common. I, I see on the uh, Facebook page when when people meet their dad, and I get a little jealous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I hear the bad stories, and then I feel like, oh, uh, um, yeah. You know, there by the grace of God, it could be me. Oh, so man alive. I mean, the spectrum is just so broad of what could happen. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people that have just found out or people that like people that are just entering this world? Is there something that you wish you had known? Um, I think, I think that the best thing I could say is that do what you can to find out the truth, but don't let it change who you are. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't let this be a life changer for you that's going to spiral you into somewhere that you don't want to be. If, if it doesn't work out the way it did for me, so be it. Mm-hmm. Because you had a life and you're in a good place. Even if that life you had wasn't what you wanted, wasn't the best, it's what you had. Mm-hmm. So you got to make the best of it. And I feel like it's not what happens in our lives that defines us or that makes us who we are. It's what we choose to do with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So choose to use it wisely, the information. And the other thing I would say to anybody out there going to get their DNA is, you know, be ready. Be ready. (laughs) I mean, I went into it knowing. Mm -hmm. I had no desire to do Mm -hmm. my DNA before that, but I went into it knowing. I can't imagine if somebody was just saying, here, let's just give this to all the family. Right. And this will be a fun Christmas game. And then kaboom. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, your world is rocked. Mm-hmm. So be ready for that. Right. And you knew when you were, and you still described feeling devastated and, right. and confused. Yeah. I, I so. had a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, you got to go let your doctors know. Right. Uh, you know, everything medical that's history changed. Stuff is yes. A whole, um, it's a whole different. Uh, animal yeah, it changes. in this party, <laughs> whatever you want to make and, this analogy. And that's why I think it's important to know. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have so many 
preventive things we can do nowadays. Our medical fields are, are getting so good that um, it's good to know. I had actually told my doctor about it, and his daughter works in the front office. So he came out, and he, you know, he's writing things down, and he says, we got to change some things in her file. You, you wouldn't believe her story. Mm-hmm. So we told her. She went and bought DNA kits for the whole family. Oh, my gosh. She said, we did our DNA. You inspired me. And I was like, you didn't find out any surprises, did you? Yeah, she's like, I think this will be fun. And you're like, no, no, you didn't. You clearly weren't listening to the devastation part. Yeah. She mm-hmm. said, well, you know, my dad said that he had a few indiscretions in college, and he was a little worried about that. And I said, well, be prepared. Yeah, man, buckle up. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. So here we are. Here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hope that everybody, I, I just wish everybody had a story like mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too bad that they they can't all be that way. No. They can't all be that they way. They can't. But... but they can still make the best of it. Right. No, absolutely. No, I think, yeah. No, I think that's really important that you can, choose, yeah, choose what to make, choose what to make of it. Yeah. Or what to do with it. Which is a process. You have to, it's not like you can just wake up the next day and decide, like, I'm going to make this You know, and that's the other thing. And move forward. And, and that's the other great. thing. Take your time. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't really do much of anything with it right away. I started exchanging emails and making friends on Facebook, sending photos, getting photos back, you know, via email. My aunt sent me, like, a little handwritten family tree Mm -hmm. that's sweet you know um and I just had to kind of slowly absorb it yeah I um just sent a note this week to somebody and said okay like I think I'm ready to connect here's my email address if you don't mind being the messenger to the other people yeah so we'll see we'll see if they reach back out yeah and how long has that been for you it's been a year yeah yeah it took a year before i was i I was about a year yeah that's just to exchange the emails and i often wonder what was i waiting for i don't really know Mm -hmm. i I think i think it just needed to kind of settle Mm -hmm. in me am i ready for this am i you know even though i knew i was being accepted and then I get all excited if I friend a new cousin or somebody on Facebook and they accept my friend request. I'm like, yay, mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. like me. They know mm-hmm. who I am. You know, it, it's kind of silly stuff, but it matters. Yeah, if it matters, it matters. We had, uh, the within about six months, we had uh, 23andMe contact us and mm-hmm. they wanted to do like a big event uh, in New York and bring people together that had found this out through DNA. And I contacted my new relatives and asked them if they were interested. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, it was like Christmas time anyway. They were too busy. But they said, no, no, we'd rather meet on a, you know, quieter basis. Right. So, they, so 23andMe wanted to be the first time you guys all met. Exactly. Yeah. And they wanted to record it and make it kind of a public thing. And I was mm-hmm, like, well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, how do you feel about that? And they, they weren't okay with that. But mm-hmm. it was also kind of new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And it was a little bit early, and I'm not sure we were all ready yet to jump into that. You have no idea who you're meeting. You have no, I mean, you got, you exchanged some notes and things like that, but. You still don't know. To think of who, of the kind of, to think of the worst case scenarios, uh, which I'm sure, you know, 
I wouldn't, despite what 23andMe was maybe said or, uh, you know, everybody's hoping for something a little bit wild if it's going to be stuff yeah, to watch. And yeah, true. And, and they, might, they might be expecting drama mm-hmm. and maybe there wouldn't be in my situation. You know, maybe there's not enough. I don't know. Right. But uh, it was a little bit weird. So Yeah. We no, didn't. I think that you're, you and your family are right to be cautious. Yeah. And we needed to do it slowly. A little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. So my aunt, you know, I was I was saying her husband's not real well, but I was saying we're coming, you know, back up north. I'd like to see you. And and she said, okay. She says we can either, if you don't have a lot of time, just come over. I'd love to see you again, or I can bring more family members over. <laughs> you can meet more people. Be a community event. <laughs> right. Like, either way, mm-hmm. you know. But my sister wants to meet her, which I think is very sweet. Yeah. That's really sweet and supportive. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like you've just got like support. I do. On so many sides. I'm very blessed. Yeah. I'm, really lovely. I have a lot of support. And and if there's anybody in the family who really is not okay with it, nobody's said it yet. They haven't said it to you. Yeah. The only, the only thing I'm getting, you know, from a family member or two is, is that little bit of jealousy kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. are you going to stop loving me now? Mm-hmm. But I'm dealing with that. Mm-hmm. you know, in the best way I can. Time will, time will tell or time will show them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard, you know, to be the only one in this person's life. And now all of a sudden there's more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. And they're cool. Yeah. That is so funny. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're I welcome. That, um, I don't have a lot of drama to no, share. No, but every story is different. But I have a I great mean, story. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I want to see a picture of this Gilbert guy. Um, I can show you. Yeah, just wonderful. You know, I think it's so important to for people to, to hear the good stories with the bad stories and or to not categorize them as good or bad and just understand that anything can happen. This is our story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're all different, but they're the same story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? They're a surprise. They're like amazing. This would never be happening. How many people have been born and died and never knew no i mean so but many for now <laughs> dna is available yeah, it is a phenomenon <laughs> and my mother and my dad never dreamed no. that this would come out ever why would it have ever i'm gonna take this to my grave you know yeah and she didn't yeah but it would have been easy to do yeah if it weren't for that pesky internet i understand too why um why they do that I, I give mm-hmm. them a lot of grace. I know the world was way different then. And I, I really feel for people who are angry with their parents. I feel sometimes I, I try to reach out to them on the Facebook page, you know, give them a little grace. You know, they were scared. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think it is so important to remember, Yeah, to remember the age of your, you know, I, I talk about that a lot on, with everybody. I say, how old was your parents? Were your parents? Um, and I know that it's not, age is just a part of it, but to just put yourself in the, sh- in the shoes of being. Well, age and, and social norms. Yeah. Then. Being, being young and being scared and being, and the trying world to figure was, out what the best decision was. Oh my gosh. Was the and... world was so different. So judgmental. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nowadays, uh, there's really not a reason to keep these things secret, but personal reasons maybe, but not like it was back then. Mm-hmm. There was, no, my mom always said, 
she actually tried to have my, uh, to, to, to drink tea. My grandmother was a midwife, gave her tea that would make your uterus contract. And she mm -hmm. said, if it's not a strong pregnancy, you'll lose it. She was lifting furniture. And oh, she wow. said, you know, she says, I'm really glad at the time that abortion wasn't legal because yeah. I don't yeah. know, I might have. And I thought, well, geez, you know. So you really were. So there's lots of reasons that, or ways that she could see you as like a miracle baby. Absolutely. And marriage together. And you weren't going anywhere. <laughs> she <laughs> you never, determined. Yes. She never said it in a negative way. Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. once. She always said, I'm so glad I had you. Mm -hmm. You know, you've turned out to be such a blessing in my life. And I didn't want you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the time. So, you know, I mean, that doesn't hurt me at all. It, it makes me feel special. But now I know. Well, what she <laughs> yeah, was also was talking about what she was also yeah. going through inside Ooh. that had to be frightening right yeah yeah absolutely so here we are here we are in 2019 in a new world in a world where that just our parents never imagined no and I, nowadays in this world in this day and age don't try to keep those things mm -mm. secret because they will come out yep as they should i also feel that people have a right to know yeah no, I agree. It's, I think people, I think it's going to take a while for the, I think it's going to take a long time for people to understand that these are secrets that cannot be kept anymore. But I agree. That yeah, should not I, be the kept. Sh the shift is going to, I think the shift will be slow, mm -hmm. but I think it will happen. It shouldn't be kept. And the thing, I really like the fact that you're doing this for people who aren't in this situation or who have an NPE in their life to understand what they feel and why, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, always, I think the first response is, well, what does it matter? Your life was good. You had a dad, you know, who loved you. Yeah. So many people say that kind of thing. It's like, I don't know. It's like telling a person who know who finds out they're adopted if they want to find their family. Well, what does it matter? No, you, you adore your family. Mm -hmm. That none of that, none mm -hmm. of that changes. None of it. You can hold both guys. Yeah, yeah I, I recently talked about it in a group, and it, it was women, people, a group of people I didn't really know very well, but we were just discussing projects, and I said, oh, I'm doing this podcast, and this woman, like, interrupted me to clarify that I still loved my dad, or something. It was, it was so interesting. She asked you that question? Yeah, well, well, it was like, it wasn't a question, it was like a rhetorical question type statement where she was like, I said something like, well, my dad, you know, I, and it's always confusing for everybody. If you say your dad or your biological dad or, your, and I was just giving the tiniest summary and she interrupted to be like, well, your dad, the man that raised you is your dad. And I right. was like, well, yeah, right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to clarify that with me. Like they're, I, yeah, they're almost she was, a little combative. She was clearly rattled by the, yeah, by the, by the concept. Um, they're a little like protective of mm -hmm. your dad. Well, your dad, yeah. <laughs> no, she knows. And this woman, I don't know this woman. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you don't know my dad. I do love him, but. And it's funny because when I say my dad, that's the man I talk about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I, I always say there's my DNA dad and there's my dad. That's another thing that goes on the questions about what do you call them? Mm -hmm. uh, no, there's my dad and there's my DNA dad. Yeah. I have my sisters and my brothers and then i have my new sisters and brothers that seems like a pretty clear and simple way to categorize it yeah but it's really hard for some people and and none none of the feelings that i had for any of them is any different and i don't know how any of them could ever think that or how anybody on the outside 
right. like you were saying, could even dream that you would consider that. No, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't and, and don't be angry. Don't 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 be mad about it. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what right? it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Feel all your emotions, but man, yeah, if you can move through the anger, through you'll the be anger. better for it, for sure. And, and talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you do need to talk about it. Yeah. It's, it's funny because whenever I share my story, like we're on a hike one day and I shared my story, people love it. Mm-hmm. They think it's the coolest thing. They're like, wow, you know, but I always share it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a cool story. And everywhere I go, um, there isn't, I mean, I haven't. Always somebody else knows someone who's had this experience. Really? Yeah. Every, I mean. Wow. Yeah. It just feels like everyone I meet is like, oh, that my neighbor's going through that. My friend is going through that. My husband is going through that. Mm-hmm. My cousin is going through that. And, and finding out through the DNA, like finding it out through paperwork and not mm-hmm. somebody actually telling you is also a different way. It's not like somebody sat you down and said, I have something to tell you. Right. Right, you are blindsided. Yeah, the blindsided is. Um, yeah, it's all different. I, like, it's like fingerprints or I snowflakes. Like no yeah. two are the same. I wasn't as much blindsided as most people because I kind of saw it coming, but I still. But it, not until your daughter did hers, right? Then, yeah. right then, when I went to do my DNA. Right, you saw it coming when you did your. I, I kind of saw it coming. But, you know, you really can't emotionally prepare yourself for that. <laughs> it's like, you know, my mom was 89 years old, mm-hmm. and I, I knew she was, she was declining. Mm-hmm. But you're still not ready mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for that to happen. And this was like that. Yeah, it, it a was a description, yeah. Very similar, like, oh, my God, I, I didn't know I'd feel this way. Right, like I on paper, know. it's very simple. Yeah, or cut and dry. it's very simple, but... Cut and dry. Emotionally, it is a whole, um, it's a whole experience. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, something you're just not, things you can't fathom are not things you can prepare for. No, no. And my new aunt, you know, she said, oh, this must be so exciting for you. And I said, well, it's funny because at first it was kind of scary. And I felt Mm -hmm. like I didn't even know who I was. Yeah. You know, my identity was gone, half of it. What's the rest of me? But now that I've found you, now I'm mm-hmm. excited. Right. Yeah. It's like those books that are like, fortunately, this happened. Unfortunately, this happened. Yeah. <laughs> At least I have that. Some people are really still just looking mm-hmm. for the family. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't even found him yet. Yeah. Which is, that would be really hard. That would be kind of, good thing my daughter is such a sleuth. Mm-hmm. She. Yeah, she knew what to do. I wouldn't, I don't know that I would know what to do. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah, that probably will be a, well, I, I was going to say it probably will be a growing profession is people that help other people find. Absolutely. But then I'm, then I'm like, well, I don't, it just depends on how long this phenomenon lasts. It's, it's, True. It's a short, it could be a short-lived profession because then everybody will just start telling everybody and figuring it out on the internet. Yeah. But. Well, uh, maybe people just won't keep those secrets right. anymore because I mean. they know they're going to come out. So, hey. So it's a couple generations profession. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Do you find that, uh, a lot of the people are older, like in my age group? I would be so interested to see like a full statistics, statistics of that. Yeah. Um, cause I want to say yes. 
But then I also know that I also know that it's just a matter of it doesn't mean they don't exist. It's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. But I do think it has been. I think traditionally it's been a little people a little bit older than me that are interested in Ancestry.com. Mm-hmm. I don't know a single person my age, a peer of mine that has done it. But I know lots of parent, lots of people's parents um, have done it. You have done it. But this is interesting like, because you're in the same demographic as my daughter. Right, right. No, I know. I'm so interested it. that she did it. So, yeah. And, and I niece. wasn't interested in it. Really? In fact, I know a few people that have described family, like older family members being sort of addicted to it. Mm-hmm. And like, oh my God, my mom is just obsessed with Ancestry.com and she won't stop. And and I was always like, oh, I am just not, I don't feel attached to to any sort of heritage. I'm not a, a person that has like a heritage pride I've always just been very satisfied That's, that's in the present. And so but is I, there always a family historian, somebody that's kind of interested in it? I mean, my dad looked into it one, you know, he went through a phase. Um, yeah, there's probably always, there's, you know, and just some people are interested in history and some aren't. My great but. uncle is that man. Mm-hmm. And he, he has it written out the size of this table with a family tree. Now he's got to change it. Right. But... <laughs> And he's also on Facebook, and I love it because he literally sends pictures and and puts things on Facebook and tells stories that are just priceless. Yeah, I mean that's I guess it's it. I don't guess I I that sounds wonderful. It's it's awesome, and he's eighty nine years old, and this guy's on Facebook, and he's putting all this stuff out. And whenever he goes through old photos, I see all these coming up mm-hmm. on Facebook. And this is so and so, and he names the class all his students classmates in the pictures i'm like how do you remember that so people like that to Mm -hmm. me are so valuable yeah no it's absolutely like a trait that people that certain people have yeah um that i don't have so i so the world is new to me for sure um and my my daughter has kind of gotten into that so i connected her with my great uncle a while back before all this so she could get more family history from Mm -hmm. him and she was doing family history on my husband and who's not her DNA dad, but she knew that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so she was kind of one of those people really interested in it. Yeah, I was just going to say, wait, something about the people that are into that. Oh, I think, this is what I was going to say. I think you have to keep in mind that a, the, a lot of the people that are willing to talk about this, to me, um, their parents have passed away. And so there's a they feel more free to talk about it. Mm. So younger people who still have parents, parents um, there may be a layer of complication that's preventing them from talking. Yeah. So just because only older people are talking to me yeah. doesn't mean that the younger people don't aren't there experiencing it. There's just a different level of, that's of comfort. A, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Of course, my mom was still here when we were talking about it, but you know, for the last year and a half. But... Um, but I, I could see how people would be hesitant, especially had my dad been still living. Right. Because I wouldn't want to hurt him. So I think that would be a little harder. Yeah, I have to think about it. But I think almost every single person I've talked to, almost, maybe seven, seven of the ten so far or something, everybody, parents have passed. Interesting. So that may, put, that may play a big role. Yeah, you're gonna have to find some who still have parents to talk to. Yeah, to put on this podcast. I know. I gotta find every. I gotta find everybody. It would be such a different perspective from their view. Yeah. Um, I also think that uh, 
that back in the day, you know, when, in the 50s and stuff, I think a lot of this one, we're talking about after the war. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Right? There was a lot of this stuff going on. So I think you're going to find a lot of people in that situation. Yep. Totally. Um, like a whole baby boomer world yeah, of, of yeah. secrets. Whereas later, I think people were just more free to say mm-hmm. and free to talk because the social norms were different. Right. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah. It's all stuff we got to figure out. Yeah. We got to research it. Well, I appreciate you doing this to finally try to figure that out because I think talking to people and getting into the stories is the only way you're going to. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been really educational. It's been amazing. I'll go ahead and turn our mics off. Okay. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. It's been great. Hey, it's Eve. Uh, welcome back to the other side of episode eight. Charlene is navigating having like a whole new extended family that's excited to have her. And she's also dealing a little bit with some jealousy, for lack of a better word, kind of coming from the other side. But I think that sounds normal, like normal reactions. I think overall that her story is a really nice one. Uh, so the funny coincidence, it's funny or weird, I don't know, um, that we figured out is that, so Charlene kept talking about the Santa Clara area, and that's that's where her her family is from, and she's part of a huge Portuguese community. So while my parents are not Portuguese, they also grew up in the Santa Clara area. So I was asking her a little bit more and more about the details of, of whereabouts that she lived, and we figured out that Charlene went to high school with my mom and dad (laughs) Um, because my parents got together in high school and have been together ever since. But um, so they all went to high school together and I don't know how exactly to explain why that is crazy to me, but it just like she was walking the halls of the same high school and like she was an unknown NPE. She was going to have this experience like 40 years later. And then my parents... um, who, you know, I don't I don't talk about very much on this podcast because I really I want them to have their own story um, and I want to protect them. But they were going to become a part of an NPE experience, you know, like 40 years later. So it's just um, it's just some kind of like overlapping realities or dimensions or planes of existence. I don't I don't really know, but it's hard for me to explain why I think that's crazy. Maybe because so many people from the people that a lot of people that I've interviewed kind of like credit the secrecy to the time in their life like the the age of their parents in their lives from like the 30s and 40s and um and I don't know how to emphasize like no like this has happened this happens every decade people your age you know continue to do this like I was born in in the 80s so uh kept happening so anyway anyway just it just felt kind of crazy and funny and weird to me so that's it for this week uh in this reality on this plane in this dimension um join me in two weeks for episode nine and just a little reminder that i'm on kind of a maternity leave so there's gonna be a break after episode 10 we're gonna um take a little bit of a hiatus so if you want to consider episodes one through 10 a season one you may i'm not sure we've decided how we're gonna do it yet Um, but anyway, either way, we're going to go, you'll have, you'll have 10 episodes and then a break. Um, but to keep up with all that is, um, the, what am I trying to say? To keep up with all that, 
follow me on social media at everything's relative podcast um that is what we call my instagram and the facebook everything's relative podcast one word and if you've got something that you want to say you can just send a note to my email my email address is eve at everything's relative podcast.com and i will see you next time episode nine coming out in two weeks until then take care of yourselves bye Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Kaylin Egan and Eve Sturgis. Eve Sturgis is a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California, but the conversations she has on the podcast are not therapy sessions. Logo design by Ivy McNally and music used with permission by Goodbye the Band.